Hello, common scientists. Today we're coming to you with the topic of beauty, which can be polarizing and it also can unite a lot of people in different ways. And I think today the vibe will be, yeah, asking questions in beauty. What is beautiful? What have we found in our own history, in our own research about yeah, asking questions about the world in the vein of beauty. I'll kick it to Dre for some initial thoughts. In the vein of beauty, that was a nice, nice pun there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so there was a quote that really stuck with me when preparing for this episode. Sir Francis Bacon said, that is the best part of beauty, which a picture cannot express. And I think what's really interesting about beauty is so often words can't express it, but we can kind of use words to express that we can't express it. <laughs> and I thought that was pretty poignant coming from the pioneer of the scientific method um, and his views and his feelings towards beauty. How about you, A? Yeah, that quote especially brings to mind kind of modern day. And I was just thinking about um, you talking about pictures and how often we see pictures um, through social media Instagram, Facebook, I mean, there's people who are like social influencers, right? They just get get a following because of their photos and their words and everything else. Like, I mean, yeah, do you guys think that has any any play on, on beauty, our concepts of beauty? Um, just like, yeah, what are your guys' reactions to the, the inundation with images and, and words that we receive? So I really like the quote that you led with, Dre, because I think often beauty is what we don't see, right? Like it's something that you're drawn to and it doesn't always have to be something you're drawn to by the eye um, or it can't be captured in a moment. It might be captured in multiple moments or in a story. Um, but to your point, Aiden, I think what's sad is that society has pushed us to consider i think these snapshot moments these picturesque perfect pieces of our life that are really a small small percentage of our life right like these instagram instagrammable moments um and i do think that contributes to what people see as beautiful and i think it can be harmful in a lot of ways yeah i think so in her book, Survival of the Prettiest, author Nancy Etkoff talks about how things such as like Madison Avenue, she talks about like all the beauty companies and the fashion and even things like Instagram now where there's so many Instagram models with, you know, obviously a crazy standards, high level standards of beauty. And what, but what uh, Etkoff says is that all these things are not necessarily creating beauty standards they're really just playing off of what we already naturally believe is beautiful so that that's an interesting delineation with instagram and social media in general is that yes i think the studies have been pretty clear from my reading that they are having a big effect on especially young girls but everybody really and what's what you're supposed to be like how successful you're supposed to be how in shape you're supposed to be how big your butt should be how big your bank account should be etc uh, but those are also already things that we already are striving to achieve in the western world at least yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah um one thing that did just stick out with what you said was like the this idea of in the western world something i think of 
too is um i mean how influential the west has been and in particular hollywood and all these other sorts of uh, media outlets and like the exporting of american culture kind of um and i'm curious what your guys's um reaction is to to like this i mean definitely this narrative of beauty that's been pretty dominated by um the west, the west and like and white men and in particular um yeah, yeah. what are your guys' reactions to that what I immediately thought of when you said that, Aiden, was my first experience uh, as a minority. And so I was in Uganda for about six weeks, and I was one of maybe six white people in a huge, huge community um, of Ugandans. And I was so struck the first time I went to an outpost village, and these little girls ran up to me and, like, felt my hair. And... Um, we're saying in English, beautiful, beautiful. And like, I mm. was so blown away and, and honestly really frustrated because I was so struck by the beauty of their culture and by the beauty of them that like, I had no way to even communicate. And I was so frustrated because it was this thing that was much bigger than myself. And um, that's what I thought of Aiden when you said that was just like the reach of Western beauty honestly can is really sad i think um and yeah it doesn't speak to a lot of body types a lot of skin colors a lot of i mean it just depends on your facet but yeah that's what came to mind that was a really powerful moment and it i won't ever forget it and i felt i felt awful for being white i felt awful for being there i i mean it just yeah it was a powerful moment yeah, that's a fascinating anecdote, and it left a big impact on you, understandably, that, like you said, the reach of Western beauty standards have hit kids that young, that far away, with when they're surrounded by... It's not like in America, where there's so many white people. That's like, right. okay, it's kind of like, most people are white or whatever, yeah. so that's the kind of the beauty standard in general. Where mm -hmm. it, and then the minorities kind of like have to find their way, or this or that, they might struggle with it, etc. That makes sense. But for it to be in a country where every, for the most part, most people are black, yeah, it's like, well, how does, you didn't think that your branding should change? And then obviously you always have the either white passing colored women or they just find the black women or Asian women or whatever that have like the more white features mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah, definitely a huge issue. And I think we are slowly coming around a little bit. One of the problems is definitely like fashion and beauty. It's it's weird because a lot of fashion and beauty, um, like the industries, they're not always like I don't. I think a lot of men are like. Well, speaking as a straight man, I think a lot of us are like. Well, I don't like. I can see that that woman's beautiful. I can understand it, but that's not like my idea. That's not what I would go after. You know, like I want a little bit different view of it. And obviously, everybody's different. But I think my point is is that they've kind of. I don't want to disrespect. I don't want to disrespect any models or anything. So I'm trying to figure out how to say this. But they kind of just have created this sort of image that we all uphold because it's like it's presented that way. But it's right. like it's not, so we are, it's almost like pluralistic ignorance, which is where like everybody accepts something, even though secretly we're all kind of like I don't know. Like is that yeah. real? Like is that true? So it's like yes, these women, these people, this fashion is beautiful, but it's not necessarily what we all actually agree in our everyday life is. The standard of so I, 
actually brought this up the other day when I was talking with Aiden about some of my own goals for my body in 2021 and I just thought of my own history and I um, competed in pageants for about eight years on the Miss America system and I love makeup, I like to dress up um, and anyways with this background even still um, often the people to hang me so to speak kind of metaphorically but the people to comment when I go out um, and I'm not looking a certain way are yeah. women are mm. mostly women the people to hold me to the standard are mostly women and mostly women close to me um who are like lauren you didn't think to put your face on today or like mm. lauren have you done anything with your hair in the last month and often my family i think and it's probably different for other women but i think that it's kind of crazy in these ideals like you said models holding up other models to a standard and maybe it's the industry and maybe it's bigger than that um that it seems like it can often be women yeah um yeah it's interesting you talk about that and i mean lauren we've had some of these conversations too for those who don't know lauren and i are are a couple and i'm um speaking as a straight a straight man and um yeah i hear your point too dre like this idea that the beauty fashion industry might um is not necessarily presenting like what I am personally attracted to, um, in, in, a, in a partner. Um, and I think some of that tension for me comes down to like this idea, I like of, I do appreciate makeup as like an art and you can be good at it and like you can practice it and all of that. Yeah, but at, at the same time, like I also do really, really appreciate those days um when like there doesn't feel like there's anything between us and it's like more like um I don't know if I I would I guess just like not any like makeup in between us like I'm I'm appreciating you for you and like um yeah just you and your natural beautiful form um and I just like think too of like these companies and a lot of them their incentive structures right is to sell more product um and so it's just like a tension that i definitely feel and i'm curious what your guys is yeah we listened to uh what is it no makeup by kendrick lamar mm -hmm. i don't know if you're familiar with the song Dre. Um, drop a bar for me <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh man i don't think i could do that on, on air but um just the general like gist of it is just uh yeah like wanting to kind of appreciate your the imperfections the imperfections yeah and like and the partner. uniqueness um yeah i listened to the song with aiden and i don't i don't know i have i have interesting feelings i don't think that a man should be able to or i don't think it's great for a man to be like hey don't wear makeup today or hey could you not mm -hmm. wear makeup today but in that in that same vibe if instead they're like if instead aiden's like I really want to see you today or, or maybe I don't wear makeup and instead he's like I like you look beautiful today um maybe that sort of reinforcement is more healthy because I love putting makeup on and I don't want to feel bad for it and no woman should have to if that's what they love and that's what makes them feel good so I want to toss it because we talk a lot about beauty industry and women um and your 
guys' perspectives, but I want to know what you guys are most insecure about, about your bodies, if you're comfortable sharing, or about your beauty as men. Um, and I'd love to hear where you think that came from. Mm-hmm. My biggest physical insecurity regarding appearance um, as opposed to something else, <laughs> functionality or whatnot. <laughs> um, hmm. I actually, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would say that I've had like any, like I could be diagnosed with anything or anything like that. Like I don't think my self-esteem is um, abnormal or like, I don't know. I don't think my self-esteem is too tightly connected to my appearance, but mm-hmm. there's definitely something to it um, that I've dealt with a lot of my life with insecurity and self-consciousness and um, I now I've kind of drifted away from that a little bit which has been nice and refreshing and obviously I'm married so you know <laughs> maybe it's not as nice for her <laughs> she's like I'm courting her looking like a looking like a straight baddie every day and now she's like what is this I go but back to the insecurity probably either my teeth or my belly I was a little bit chubby when I wasn't like 12 or 11 and that's obviously you're 12 or 11 so it's like whatever bro but once I hit my growth spurt and thinned out and I got really way more into sports I was like crazy bent on like never being chubby again and um I don't know so I think like my stomach has always been something I've always like wanted to be kind of ripped have abs and all that that's funny you say that because for me it's the exact same so teeth and and belly Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) interesting yeah yeah um because yeah i mean i just have i never had braces when i was little and yeah me neither um, so i've got just some cricket um teeth but yeah um so that's definitely one of them um and then the other one is is my belly because yeah i was just a little chunker in middle school and uh eventually grew out of it um but that kind of came from being pretty hyper aware and I continue to be like hyper aware more so of my weight so like if I'm if I'm getting close to 200 pounds um Mm. I'm I'm just like all right I gotta make some adjustments I gotta start exercising more regularly and and uh eating more lightly uh yeah so both of you guys talked about feelings of weight kind of and specifically your belly, right? Which I think is interesting. And I want to highlight that because I think, um, I think like masculinity or the normality of masculinity is often tied to like muscles or abs. So I thought that was interesting because if you asked me related to my body weight or my size, I would not say belly. I would just say like my size in general. Like I want to, there's something sexy about feeling small and um i don't think i've been a small person i've been a really healthy and physically active person my whole life but um feeling big feels not good to me like i want to feel small and it's not just tied to my body it's tied to my boobs it's tied to my arms it's tied to i mean everything my jawline so i thought that was something interesting that you guys both mentioned and i'm curious to what made you realize you were chubby when you guys were 10 or 12? Uh, for me, it was, it was bullying. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was just like, I definitely encountered, um, yeah, in middle school. Middle school can be a vicious place. 
um, just people who are, yeah, not kind about it. But honestly, looking back on it, I'm pretty thankful for it because now I've made those adjustments. Interesting. Yeah, I actually just saw, uh, or I had posted something on Instagram just on that last thing you were saying, A. It was on my highlight reel. I said my my insecurities shape my dreams. And that kind of, you just reminded me of that. Something that you might have been insecure about or something you struggle with. And, but now you're actually perhaps grateful for it. It hasn't really, it doesn't sound like it scarred you. It just made you mm-hmm. more aware. And like you became something that maybe that's not that important to want to be thin or like in yeah. shape all the time. But that is something that kind of shaped you when you were younger. And mm-hmm. I can agree with that to some degree, even though now I'm not in the greatest shape. And I'm, I'm happy with it because it does remind me of when I was like 11 and 12 and a little bit pudgy. And when you asked me what told me that, um, for some reason, I had never thought this before, or like, I don't remember everything this, but for some reason, like, there was an, an adult figure flash into my mom when you said that, saying, telling me that I was getting fat. Mm-hmm. And I never thought that before, and like, it doesn't make me feel any type of way, and I'm not going to say who it was, I'm not going to tell them under the bus, but yeah. I was just like, huh, like, I never, like, why did that pop into my head? Is that true? Right, because there's a moment... I mean, there's a moment that you identified when you were 10 or 12, both of you, that that you were in a category and you labeled mm-hmm. that category chubby and then you decided to make a change. And so I think that's being aware of those things and like asking yourself, when was that moment? Why am I feeling this way? I think is really important for listeners to hear because if it is something that came out of an unhealthy place, then maybe you can feel better about having those feelings about your body. Um, and if it's from a healthy place, if it's intrinsic, right? Like my sister just got a boob job and, um, when you talk to her about it, she talks about intrinsic motivation and wanting to feel, um, something that she longed for personally for a long time. And while I don't know, I feel a little weird about it because it's my sister and I think of her in a certain way. I have no right to and she was intrinsically motivated so in my mind I have to kind of say like okay like it seems like something she wanted and it came from a place that seems to be inside her Mm. but yeah beauty wild yeah I used to struggle a lot with um body I don't know modification I guess boob jobs and butt jobs etc Botox even when, when I didn't really now that I know what it is. I'm like, okay, whatever But when I was younger, I didn't really understand it and it was kind of wasn't there a period when we were younger where everybody was like Terrified of Botox there every way you're not know, getting both. I, I feel like it was yeah. like a devil for like a little bit But I didn't I was like, oh, it must be bad. Like I didn't know really. Yeah, but or it must be but now I'm like Is there's a couple of things when I talk to women in my life about getting implants or lifts or this or that I'm just like, okay Why do you want it? Mm-hmm understand if you're looking to for like happiness it's not going to be it like you might if you're already happy and you want just want big boobs or something awesome or small boobs awesome cool like you're gonna like them but if you're like an unhappy person and you think getting boobs is gonna be the one thing or even what uh, the male equivalent whatever Mm -hmm. viagra whatever it's just like i don't even know what men do (laughs) something um if you think that's gonna be like the one that's gonna turn your life around it's like probably not yeah. probably not so like i have like i just like like to ask these questions like listen and like you're saying intrinsic versus extrinsic like is it a boyfriend or something that's like pressuring you into this is it just some like really 
drastic um like insecurity that society is pushing on you or is it just like oh you like the way that small boobs big boobs um whatever looks like different jaw whatever or you just like that look and you'd like to have it because mm -hmm. at the same time and so like if you can like answer all those questions and not that you have to answer me but i care about you if, you know etc <laughs> um so if you can answer all those and like still be happy with it then i'm like as long as it's safe which i think they are getting safer in general then mm -hmm. it's like it's not that big a deal to me i'm like you don't you didn't get to choose what body you were born with apart from doing like a couple sit-ups and push-ups you can't really yeah like if your butt is just really small genetically or your boobs then it's not much you can do so for me i'm like if it's safe you have the money you want to do it it's all good like i don't it's just not really that big of a deal to me anymore and one person in college was like well what's the difference between like a boob job and braces i was like i guess just one's been normalized i was like yeah, yeah. both of them like I, at one point i'm sure boob jobs are more dangerous but it's like yeah they're both modifications they're both changing the way you naturally look so i'm like i don't know like if it's safe it's not that big a deal to me yeah i have more reservations about it and I think that it's because I recognize how much influence society has on the individual. Yeah. And mm -hmm. to say that you arrived at the door of a doctor's office for a major surgery and specifically thinking of a boob job um, and that that all came to you on your own, I think is not possible. Mm. And I think that's what makes me more reserved. And too though i am pro-choice in pretty much all all aspects and so if a woman decides to go do something with her body it's hers would i ever choose that i hope not but i don't know ask me in five years i might want to lift these babies up a little <laughs> um yeah just what stuck out to me there um was what you're talking about the influence of the society on the individual um, and that kind of comes back to like being a common scientist and being uh, aware of some of your psychological own, own psychological biases that have been discovered um, and just like the influence of marketing. I mean, most people don't think they're as they're influenced by advertisements, but you are like mm -hmm. I am. Everybody is because For we just sure. see them so often. Um, one kind of crazy um, finding that I, I have encountered is that in the Soviet in the Soviet Union um, like as soon as the fall of the Berlin Wall there's documented increased cases of um, bulimia anorexia all these other um, like eating disorders um, thanks to the kind of export of the American culture in a lot of ways because um, during the Soviet Union, everybody was supposed to be a worker, so it's really interesting if you look at the presentation of a woman in Soviet era, in particular women, because they're definitely scrutinized um, more so uh, for physical beauty, at least. Just the, yeah, the presentation of burly, strong worker women, as well as men. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of, it's very context dependent, and just being aware of that, too, I think is important. Yeah, that's fascinating. I've never, I don't think I've ever heard of that before. That's really interesting. And it definitely does shift culture to culture. There are a couple of numbers, though, that I've read over the years, seen, studied in psychology, etc. So there's like the 1.6 ratio. Have you guys heard of this? No. So I don't know if I can really do it justice off the top of my head. I'll probably need to read something. But essentially, it's like, they're just there's, there's this 1.6 ratio of beauty in... Mm. Um, 
like almost in like a lot of things that we see human faces human bodies the like ratio yeah like your the golden ratio like your yep. nose 1.6 times bigger like longer than like your lips or something like that but whatever this is these are just ratios that i think it was huge during like the renaissance or something they would do a lot of their paintings like mona lisa etc like that and recently i think a lot of people have been not really debunking them but just saying like it's not that clear cut it's not that simple right like no one has these exact ratios and there's also the waist to hip ratio which i think in america in general they say it's like 0.9 for men if you divide your waist by your hip and then uh, 0.7 for women and that one seems i think to have a little bit more weight from no pun intended I guess, mm -hmm. but have a little bit more weight to it um, because they've actually done quite a bit of studies on health with women in their waist-hip ratio with, with things like like to get diabetes, um, like congenital issues, mm -hmm. health of a baby actually, cognitive abilities in babies. Um, the closer you are to that 0.7 as a woman, the healthier your baby usually is. And then also naturally, evolutionarily, men are attracted to women that have the 0.7 ratio because that's health and fertility. Interesting. And then women on the other side, I think I saw, I think I read that the 0.9 ratio for men is like the number one determinant of whether a man is attractive or not, hmm. which is like pretty crazy. That's um, fascinating. And obviously they shift a little bit from cultures like Asian, like to have a little bit smaller, like a 0.6. Some African cultures, 0.8, a little bit higher, um, which I think in general in America, we kind of see that a little bit too. We kind of go, oh yeah, like... Mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> like a little thick like a little whatever yeah. you know um yeah. but those ones are have a lot more scientific backing than just saying oh these people we like earrings or we like small noses or whatever um what it didn't it doesn't sound like you guys are too familiar with it but how much weight would you guys give that or how do you how does that sit with you that there might be some scientific standards to beauty i definitely think it's very likely that there is some scientific I mean, standards, right? I think you could write a mathematical model for anything in life and find that, like, the most healthy or the most, most physically fit would be this certain thing or mm -hmm. would lean towards this certain standard. Right. Mm -hmm. What is more scary to me is that there may be this scientific standard, but we know that the beauty standard that's been set is not real in a lot of ways, right? Like, it's requiring these body modifications and where that comes from right like i think we've all heard that if we life-sized a barbie like her ankles would break and her mm. her like back would fall out or something crazy like that i don't know exactly what it is yeah. but i think i i'm sure yeah of course there's probably like this ratio of most fit or most normal quote unquote but that the idea that like that standard is not the standard that people are shooting for that's i think what's most concerning from a health Standing. yeah i agree i think um it's funny so the 1.6 is yeah the golden ratio and that's pretty it's a well-practiced like artistic um yeah <laughs> practice um but, <laughs> yeah it is like because it is tends to be appealing to people and i mean the other thing that tends to be appealing to people is symmetry right mm -hmm. um and there's definitely i i do like i mean i subscribe to an evolutionary perspective and just the idea that um if i were to extrapolate from evolution to beauty um that yeah i mean what is 
beautiful should be like what is or, or attractive to me and a mate should be healthy healthfulness like somebody who is able to survive and make make babies at the end of the day is kind of like the idea of evolution right is like okay they can um yeah do well enough to um yeah enhance fitness um but yeah it, it's really interesting that you yeah you just bring that up um because i do think it is it is very founded um and like numerically um but the one thing i would say though too is that while certain parameters can be very like mathematically founded or like measured um it's also very i mean just context dependent based on like the environment so medieval ages it was beautiful to be more pale and mm -hmm. heavier because then that would signify that you're wealthier so that's like the other complexity off of it i guess yeah you're not working in the mm -hmm. sun you have plenty to eat very good yeah no there's definitely um and everybody i think for, for, for the most part knows this there's some variability and some deviance i think there is kind of a scientific evolutionary like mm -hmm. this is what's healthy this is what's fit mm -hmm um but then as you get into cultures and society where those things aren't necessarily like we're not out there hunting and gathering mm -hmm. right. then it's like we have something like all of a sudden like fat asses are just huge and uh, you know in america right now and it's just like whoa and then yeah. it's like either like you need like the biggest perkiest fake tits or you need like no tits at all and it's just like there's like these extremes that are like you know it's good like yeah. whatever like the whole spectrum the whole gamut is all good like women are stunning to me so it's all good but um i think one thing that really fascinates me and it even goes back to the kylie jenner thing or the start of the instagram thing and bringing in the kylie jenner so there's this quote from charles darwin that says if everyone were cast in the same mold there would be no such thing as beauty and one thing that has been a little bit disturbing not like no knock on kylie she's stunning she's brilliant super successful we all know this i'm not knocking her at all just one thing that was disturbing to me was when everybody started looking kind of the same on instagram whether it be through modifications lip fillers etc jawline shaving or just like um what's that like photoshop mm -hmm. i just remember like in college going through and just being like a lot of these people look like kylie jenner <laughs> i'm like this is really bizarre and like in my mind this is obviously and build i don't know what the science is but it just seemed like she was the beauty standard for a long time um, and maybe she yeah. still is in a mm -hmm. lot in a large part and that was just like that quote from darwin if everyone is kind of the same then there's no beauty right i was like that was kind of like disturbing to me I'm like th this is weird that everybody's kind of going to the same mold mm -hmm. so it's super interesting to hear i mean to be sitting here with two dudes who are both very attractive talking about like your beauty standards so i'm curious like if each of you put a definition to what you would say is beautiful in a woman, what would that definition be? Because we, right, we, the proverbial women, might spend all this time or money or whatever trying to be a certain way, and often I think we think it's for someone or, like, for I don't even know what, but, like, to, I've heard you guys talk about now a few different things regarding beauty, and it feels very different than this crazy thing that lots of women are running after yeah. so what's your yeah. definition i mean so that um you asking that question lauren reminds me to your point about this misalignment between what everybody's kind of pursuing and what might be healthy i mean to me 
what is beautiful is what's healthy. I mean, if we're we're talking evolution too, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I I feel like yeah. I mean, somebody who uh, is strong and confident and excited about the world, um, like not somebody who's necessarily always planning after the next big thing or whatever. Just somebody who's like very um, can like content and confident and excited yeah number one that to me that kind of bring, goes back to sir francis bacon's quote we started off with mm-hmm. and then number two it really like i'm not <laughs> i'm not some like holier than thou sapiosexual or anything like that sapiosexual meaning attracted to intelligence but that's the thing for me it's like once you're talking about my own beliefs it gets a little bit harder because I'm like, yeah, I can maybe look at a hundred women and body types and faces and maybe like, okay, like, I kind of like these more than these. I'm, mm-hmm. I could do that, obviously. But when I'm just thinking and obviously I'm married and I think my wife is fucking stunning and it really gets into also like their personality, obviously. Like we haven't really touched on it. We're talking about physical beauty, but it's like, just like you can think mountains are beautiful and poetry is beautiful. It's like, well, <laughs> what's more beautiful than the human mind, you know? So that's where it gets really, really complex is the more in psychology has, you know, a bunch of studies on proximity. Like if you want someone to get to like you, be around them for a long time, join the friend group, be a friend for a while, you know, the, you know, yeah. Yeah. proximity um, leads to attraction um, and likability. So there's been a ton of women that I did not deem very attractive at first. And then I spend a lot of time with them and I get to know them and I see how they smile and I see how their nose itches and this and that and all these little cute little things that they do and their voice inflections and then all of a sudden you're like, damn, she's hot as fuck. <laughs> and then everybody's like, what do you know? What do you know? I'm like, dude, I'm crazy. No wonder we like each other so much because we just like moved in with each other really quick and we don't spend any time with anyone else. <laughs> it makes so much sense now. <laughs> Man, um... Yeah, I just want to echo, Jay, what you're talking about, but yeah, um, mind and personality, like, and again, what I was saying, too, about somebody who's excited about the world, because, yeah, I mean, if I'm going to choose to be a partner with somebody, I'm ideally going to be a partner with them when I'm 50, so, like, yeah. the whole the whole physical feature thing is definitely lower on, on the list of, like, the attributes, I think, somebody I'd like to talk to Yeah, is number one. Yeah, and I, I mean, yeah, and I definitely like some tickle bitties and some eye, some sharp eyebrows and a good jaw. Like, I like all that stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. I definitely like some tickle bitties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want more direct answer. Don't get me wrong. But there's a lot of variations of beauty for sure. Yeah, no, I'm glad that we are, I mean, we're close to time and bringing it to the idea of uniqueness and variation and the idea that not necessarily having a normal is is and can be the most beautiful the most unique hold on i'm curious lauren so for all the dudes out there that are seeing the guys with the six pack abs and mm. the six figure income yeah what, what, is, what is uh what is lauren uh, lauren's version of a beautiful man oh man i think for me it's definitely also tied to intelligence and personality like and as a confident woman who's chasing my own dreams in life it's it was really important to find someone who wasn't intimidated of me and my and my success um and the things i wanted in life 
because I have really big dreams um, and I want to change the world and I want to move mountains and I want in a partner someone who can stand by me during that and celebrate my successes without feeling small. Um, something that I've struggled with being a strong woman in science and a strong woman in who knows what else, but is, yeah, feeling like I'm allowed to be strong. I felt for a long time like I had to dim my light wherever I was because I was a woman or because I liked to look nice. Um, and for me, yeah, finding someone who was confident and like, I don't care if you're a garbage man, Aiden, like, I just want you to love what you do and like be able to show up at the end of the day and be excited about life. And I think that's a huge misconception so many people have. They're looking for the six-figure thing or the guy with the fancy job. And I don't think that's very true. Like, I want someone who can show up for life and feel okay in their own skin and stand next to me tall. Damn. <laughs> I feel that. No, that's real. That's, I mean, that's human. That's beautiful. For sure. One thing, too, before I know we're wrapping up, but there was this quote that I read from um, the book, The Survival of the Fittest, Prettiest. That was, it really stuck with me. So it's by Eleanor Roosevelt, who many of us, if you're familiar with her at all, like she's one of the most revered women in human history. Crazy successful, crazy powerful, crazy influential, crazy inspirational. And in that book, she says, towards the end of her life, they asked her about her regrets. And she said, I wish I had been prettier. And that really hit me. I was like, dang, like you are one of the most powerful people, most, most, one of the most important people of all time, at least in the Western world. Mm -hmm. And as a man, if you were that influential, you would not, I don't think you would say, it. like, I wish I was more handsome. You'd be like, no, like, I, you know, like I, I'm so successful. I got whatever I wanted. But for women, it's much, much different. Um, and they're held to a different standard. And beauty means something much different. And even in my women's studies class that I took in um, college, they talked about like the mirror that women have in, their, in the world that men don't and how it actually, once they do like certain tricks in the studies to get rid of that mirror, women and girls perform get higher test scores and perform higher and physical activity and all these different things once they like, you know, whatever. So there's virtually like there's this mirror that women are just constantly comparing themselves, thinking about what they're doing. That's taking up a lot of their cognitive power and focus and I don't want to be like unscientific and unrealistic or detached from reality and say like beauty doesn't matter there's no such thing as any beauty standard there's no science to anything like that because there is but there is a lot of axiomatic truth to beauty is not the beholder and every human beauty every human being is beautiful inside and out and there's so there's so much variation. There's such a spectrum that it's like we have to figure out a way to help specifically our women and girls, empower them to feel beautiful in their own way, and to go about in this world and achieve happiness and success. Yeah, a thousand percent. With that, I guess we'll put that challenge up to our listeners and. I hope you guys can share this episode with someone who needs to hear it. Um, you can leave a comment or a review if you have thoughts and subscribe and follow. We've got to ask questions about this world. We've got to challenge ourselves to come up with solutions to these massive, massive problems. And Dre, you're right. 
let's put it up to our listeners. Let's, let's challenge ourselves, our world to do better for women, especially when it comes to beauty. 